Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love to chat with Warren D. Robinson. His website, warrendrobinson.com, filmmaker, producer, uh, really great ideas uh, person. Uh, he is involved with uh, projects at Netflix. has a great project at Netflix, projects on Oxygen. Uh, really, you're all over the place, Warren. Always love having you on the program. Uh, why don't you tell us about your latest project, which we're going to be waiting to hear more information. Once this release, I'm going to have to do a segment with you on it, obviously. Uh, but talk about that. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Kevin. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, like I said, uh, we have a new project in the works. We just filmed it in Atlanta last month, and it was really, really exciting. It's a, a syndicated program, so one of those, you know, check your local listing things, but we really had a good time, and it is a, uh, it's a new take on the courtroom genre, so it's our new take on the Judge Judy-like shows, and so we pulled in a number of uh, influencers and comedians to add a little special twist to that, and so I can't wait to unveil it to you. It'll be, uh, we'll announce it, press release and everything, should be out next month. So, yeah, we'll have to get on here and really, really talk about it. Yeah, and by the way, you're already on one network. We can't say their name yet, but and they alone are on almost 200 stations coast to coast. So uh, that's exciting. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. That's uh, phenomenal. Uh, let's jump into our topic today. All of a sudden, everyone thinks that Trump can be taken on. And, uh, you know, and I, I think people are doing a whole lot of comparison with Trump 2020. Uh, you know, to, to, to Trump heading into 2024 for the election is like, oh, yeah, he's a, he's a dead man walking because all these people are running against him. I hear some of that kind of talk. Um, no one runs against a sitting president virtually ever. In fact, one of the yeah. biggest news stories in the second half of the 20th century was Ted Kennedy running against uh, Jimmy Carter in 1980. You just don't do that. It's impolite. <laughs> you know, you don't do that. And, uh, and, uh, and not to mention the fact you want them to like your bills if they do make it through Congress. Um, and so this is different. And Trump is injured. And so we can expect a lot of people to jump in. Um, and now you've got Nikki Haley from uh, South Carolina, very smart, I think very attractive, and, uh, I, uh, you know, and, and uh, great experience, both foreign policy as a U.N. ambassador as well as uh, a governor a fairly successful governor in South Carolina. So she's an interesting candidate. Candidate, And all of a sudden, Tim Scott is a hotbed of Republican candidates. I mean, uh, South Carolina, rather, is a hotbed for Republican candidates. And Senator Tim Scott is indicating he's going to run. I'm, I'm a fan of Tim Scott. He's one of the only reasonable Republicans. And we need, uh, I think, more black leadership in the Republican Party. So I find his... I find his potential candidacy intriguing, but there's a bunch. They're all on the brink. But can they beat? You know, can they beat? You know, what you put so well, the heat of Donald Trump, regardless of how savvy they are. You know, that that is that is a, a good question. But we're going to make it simple. Let's talk about. Let's set the stage with Nikki Haley, the only only one to formally announce, and yeah. uh, the uh, president. Set the stage for us. Well, congratulations to Nikki Haley. She's the first to come out and challenge Donald Trump for the Republican nomination for president. She announced it via this uh, TV announcement. And I have to say, as a producer, 
she did very well. I was very impressed with the graphics, the optics of what she did. She was um, she was on point. Her speech was great. She had a lot of great what we call soundbite moments that we could pull out. Her crowd behind her was enthusiastic. She looked great. It was really, really staged well. And she did it at the perfect time, right? It was around 11.30 noon. She took advantage of the fact that all the cable networks were going to pick it up live. It was right at that lunch hour, so people that are watching the business networks are on lunch and watching news in between would see it and hear the commentary. She did all of that very, very well. And if you compare her announcement <laughs> to the launch announcement of Donald Trump, I mean, she made him look like a, a limp dog. Like, he looked like a wounded animal in comparison to her vibrancy. And that is part of her campaign, by the way. She talked about, you know, a new generation and being youthful and bringing a new energy into the election. And if you compare those, she definitely brought that. I think um, in, in terms of optic, she is certainly more media savvy than, than Donald Trump's uh, opening. But she still has a long way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I liked her. If you're 75 years or older, uh, you need to have a mental <laughs> health exam uh, to be on a, on a ticket. You know what? That does make a lot of sense, although, uh, you know, since the average age of the Republican Party uh, leadership is 75, I'm not sure how well that's going to uh, fly. But, but I found it. Yeah, she is, and I, I do find her attractive, but I don't mean that in a sexist sort of way. She just presents herself well. She looks extremely confident and confident. Uh, she seems approach, you know, strong, but 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 uh, appropriately soft as well. Um, you know, unfortunately, in a very sexist, uh, I think, often misogynistic U.S. culture, um, you know, uh, strong women are treated harshly. You know, mainly because I think a lot of these men are threatened by them. But uh, she's, I think, she figured out how to present with that balancing act of uh, maintaining her softness while being clearly strong. She comes across very well. No, she does. She, she, she presents very well. She's very intelligent. But Nikki Haley, she has some unique problems, too. I think that she, the biggest issue she's going to face is, I'm not really sure who Nikki Haley is. <laughs> um, over the years, we've seen so many different sides of Nikki Haley, in, in opinion-wise. And so you never know what you're going to get. And that may come back to haunt her as voters are deciding, you know, do we want to vote for her? We've seen her be very moderate uh, and progressive in some ways. We've also then seen her be very conservative and, and kind of this torchbearer for Donald Trump. So I, I do think that there's some confusion amongst voters on which Nikki Haley we're actually going to get if she becomes a nominee, and that could come back to Hunter. I think she's really going to have to do a good job of defining herself and where she's at and then staying there, and that she hasn't always done so well. She's kind of pivoted back and forth over the years. Well, and you know, you know more than most that the earlier someone announces, the greater the belief is, is that they need longer to prove people that they're a good candidate, right? You know, it's not the big names. It's not the big names that announced, you know, what, almost two years before. I mean, think about it. This used to be really unusual. Uh, this is earlier than when Jimmy Carter announced, and it was unheard of in light of how early he announced, which, by the way, another no-name Southern leader who was trying to get some splash. 
and so in 1976. So um, I think I think obviously there's a lot of odds against her. I think Tim Tim Scott, who I personally like, has even bigger problems. I think she's thanks to her uh, role in the UN even more as governor. Uh, gave her a little more platform than uh, than what a sitting senator, senator or a governor enjoys. Um, and I think the biggest problem, obviously, is going to be the fact that, that Trump has a core of support that, you know, is still pretty substantial. How substantial, yes. only time will tell, but I think it's still pretty substantially. And the more candidates jump in, and there's going to be a lot, clearly, the more it dilutes that uh, ability to create a accumulation of votes for anyone other than Trump. I, I agree with you. That is going to definitely split that vote. Trump does have a very solid group of people that are going to back him, back him no matter what. I am curious to see with Nikki Haley how she stands up to Trump. That is going to be the test of uh, – how far she goes is when Trump starts attacking, and inevitably he's going to attack. Right? If she if she moves up, I, Trump's going to attack anyway. Now, if I was Trump, and and you're looking at the polls right now, he still has thirty forty percent. She's at like two percent. I wouldn't even mention her. She's a non-factor because anytime he mentions her, he's just going to give her more attention. That's what a normal person would do. But we know Trump is not normal. Uh, so you can best believe the attacks are about to come her way. How does she handle that? How does she respond? That's going to be so key. And I want to push back on one thing you said. You said you think uh, she has a better chance than Tim Scott. I'm actually of the opposite persuasion. I think Tim Scott has a bit better of a chance than Nikki Haley, only because um, he, in my opinion, has been, he's been in the media less. And I think with Nikki Haley, there are so many opportunities to, cut, to show how she's contradicted herself over the years because she's talked endlessly, whereas Tim Scott has been very reserved. And so you don't have the same flip-flop kind of nature with Tim Scott. Tim Scott's always been the same person since he's been in the Senate. And you know who he is. You know what you're getting. And I think that goes a long way with, with voters. And I think that's where Nikki Haley's going to find her issues at is because she's really, over the years, she's kind of flip-flopped on a lot of issues, even her support for Trump. One minute she likes him, the next minute she doesn't like him, then she says, well, I wouldn't run against him if he runs, but then she says, uh, I'm going to run anyway. So I, I don't know. I just don't, I, I, I don't know how that's going to work for her. I just don't think Republican voters are about to rally strongly behind Nikki Haley. Yeah, I, and, and see, I think she's just, in, in that respect, she's just like Trump. You know, Donald Trump, <laughs> who gave more, money, gave more money to Hillary Clinton than any other person in politics. The same Donald Trump, who was consistently pro-abortion for almost all of his adult life until he decided to run for president, and said that often, uh, consistently pro-socialized uh, medicine, um, a guy who voted for Barack Obama. <laughs> so, yep. you know, I, the Republican Party at least seems to have a lot of room for maturing, if you will. And I'm using quotation marks. To let people mature, even if it happened over days and not decades, like you would like to see in the maturation process. And so I don't know. Um, and I think, you know, I think the Republican, I think both parties are terrible in their framing, particularly of blacks. I believe, I believe that for years. I think the Democrats yeah. generally use blacks, and I think Republicans generally fear blacks. And when I look at the core base of the Republican Party, um, you know, today, they're not, it's transient. You and I both know that. And who are these people? A lot of them are the same people who voted for, you know, 
liberals in, in earlier elections. They're not ideologically driven. They're personality driven. But a lot of them are racist, in my opinion. And that's going to be a problem that uh, that Tim Scott uh, is going to going to struggle with. I'm afraid. I hope I'm wrong. I'd like to see some change in that. I hope I'm wrong in my assumptions, but a lot of what I read, what I see, uh, confirms that. Uh, in my opinion, again, right? This is this is you know according to Kevin. <laughs> but, but talk a little bit then. You know, uh, I think you're right. I think he'd probably be better off. Uh, keeping silent when it comes to her, pretend she doesn't exist. But he had no problem attacking everybody, including Lindsey Graham, who was nobody. We're talking fractions of single digits back in 2016, yet somehow it all worked for him. And it's like people buy into him. And I think a lot of people will want that core in particular that's huge I would say that core is bigger than any group that any of the other type are going to have behind them, in my opinion, from what I can see at this point. That core wants, wants Donald Trump to be Donald Trump, and he is an angry, ugly-speaking buffoon, and that's what I think those voters are going to gravitate towards. You are right that there is a core voters in that party that are going to rally behind Trump and they do want Trump to be Trump and they only gonna, they're only going to vote for Trump. And the only way that Trump is going to win that though, because that group is streaking, it's not nearly as big as it was in 2016. The way that he's going to win, as you already said it, plurality. The more candidates you have to split the anti-Trump part of the party, the better chance he has of winning because there's a core group that are going to stick with him no matter what. But let's be clear. Donald Trump of, of running for 2024 is not the Donald Trump that ran in 2016. He's not as strong. He no. doesn't have as much support. His stick has kind of worn off a little bit. Um, we now know in many circles, many moderate kind of sane Republicans, I'll call them, know that he's unelectable in the general and they don't want him. So there's a lot against him. And honestly, where is he? I haven't even heard from him. We don't know. He doesn't get attention like he does anymore. Who knows? Uh, he, so he, he's definitely a wounded animal at this point in the party. But if there are too many candidates, if you get 16 again who are splitting that anti-Trump vote, he, he's going to easily win because you're going to have a good group of the party. I'm estimating 20 30% at least who are never going to vote for anybody but Trump. And nobody else has that large of a percentage. So their only chance of winning is you have to consolidate the entire rest of the anti-Trump vote and try to get them behind one candidate. But are the egos of the party enough to do that? Yeah, exactly. It's too many egos. Are they going to do that? Or are they going to all get together and say, hey, you're going to be our consensus candidate? Um, and it needs to be somebody strong. It has to be somebody that can challenge Trump because even the voters that don't want Trump, they want Trumpism. And that's where Nikki Haley right. has a problem. Because you're right. In a lot of ways, she could argue like Trump. Yeah, I was this, now I'm this. But she's trying to be anti-Trump. She's running. If you watch her yeah. announcement, she's running as a smart person. Oh, yeah. I'm running yeah. as, you know. And I don't know that that's going to work. I think they want a Trump-type personality. So my bet is they want a Ron DeSantis. And so the question is going to be, is Ron yes. going to get in the I was election? just about to go there. Yeah. <laughs> if he runs yeah. against Trump, I mean, now you have a race. This is, this is weird because the bridge to normalcy for the Republican Party is probably DeSantis. 
because DeSantis terrible and he's not normal. But he's way more normal. <laughs> than Donald Trump. Very sur- wow. And, and I don't think they're ready to do a complete flop away from uh, you know, uh Trumpism, but they definitely want to get someone who is electable and someone who's savvy. Come on, DeSantis is way more savvy than Trump could ever be. Um, there's no question about it. Uh, even though I'm, I just can't, I cannot believe he's considered a serious candidate. Um, and, uh, and you know, and, and to, to unfortunately for uh, uh, Tim Scott, who again I'm a huge fan of, I, I could be very comfortable with him as the president. Um, the, you know, the guy is too optimistic. You know, when I read his speeches and I hear his interviews, he is Ronald Reagan, nineteen eighty, morning in America, which worked really well. In a res- what's that? No, you hit it on the head. That's exactly what I was going to say. And another time, he would have been a great candidate. Yes. Well, even in nineteen eighty, we were in very similar circumstances in eighty as we are now. Very, we were in a horrible recession, inflation, whole nine yards. And um, Reagan's warning in America works. For whatever reason, Americans are just too angry. They're just too angry for warning in America. And uh, very disappointing. We're running out of time. I'm about to have another guest come in, and it'll get awkward at that point. So <laughs> that always happens whenever I'm like Warren, Warren D. Robinson. We have too much fun. Check out his website, warrendrobinson.com. Warren, about 30 seconds, final thoughts. Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I'm glad that someone has challenged Trump again. We will have to see can Nikki Haley's media savvy stand up when Trump puts the heat, when he puts the pressure on her. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be really ugly. All right, I am Kevin Price. This is the Price of Business. Stay tuned for more.